Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Look away, look away, look away, look away. Guess what time it is. It's true. Book three. Book three is called The Wide Window. Do you remember this? I don't remember. Oh. Wait, I, but we already read. Um, no, this is book three. Yeah, we already read book three. Nope, we read book two. No, we're reading <laughs> so many... Well, I, I said not because yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. Okay. A Series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket. Book the third, The Wide Window. All right, all right. Okay. Chapter one. If you don't know much about the Baudelaire orphans, then you saw them... And you saw them sitting on their suitcases at the Demol's. Okay, Demol. Oh gosh, that's a hard one. Demolclus Dock. You might think that they were bound for an exciting adventure. After all, three children had just dim- disembarked from the fickle ferry, which had driven them across Lake Lynn. <laughs> Lacrimose. Oh my gosh to live with their aunt josephine and in most cases such a situation would be would lead to thrillingly good times but of course you would be dead wrong for although violet klaus and sunny baudelaire were about to experience events that would both be exciting and memorable they would not be exciting and memorable to like having your fortune told or going to a rodeo their adventure would be exciting and memorable like being chased by a werewolf through a field or thorny bushes at, bushes at midnight with nobody to help you. If you're interested in reading this story filled with thrilling good times, I'm sorry to inform you that you are most certainly reading the wrong book because the Baudelaire orphans, oh, because the Baudelaire experiences very few good times over the course of their gloomy and miserable lives. It is a terrible thing their misfortune so terrible that I can scarcely bring myself to write about it. So if you don't want to read this story of tragedy and sadness, this is your very last chance to put this book down. Should we put it down? Let's just not read it. Want to just put it down? Okay, she's rolling her eyes. (laughs) Because this misery of the Baudelaire orphans begins in this very next paragraph. Buddy, buddy, see, reading with dogs, not reading with kids. Buddy, buddy, Jiminy, Christmas. Oh my God, can you whack him with something? Jesus, buddy, oh my God. Look what I have for you, Mr. Poe said, grinning from ear to ear. Buddy, stop, oh my God. Okay, now let me start over. I can't focus, I hate when dogs lift themselves. Ugh. Okay. Look what I have for you, Mr. Poe said, grinning from ear to ear and holding out a small paper bag. Peppermints. Mr. Poe was a banker who had been placed in charge of handling the affairs of the Baudelaire orphans after their parents died. Mr. Poe was kind-hearted, but 
It is not enough in this world to be kind-hearted, particularly if you are responsible for keeping children out of danger. Mr. Poe had known the three children since they were born and could never remember that they were allergic to peppermints. Thank you, Mr. Poe, Violet said, and took the paper bag and peered inside. Like most 14-year-olds, Violet was too well-mannered to mention that if she ate peppermint, she would break out in hives, a phrase here which means be covered in red, itchy rashes for a few hours. Besides, she was too occupied with inventing thoughts to pay much attention to Mr. Poe. Anyone who knew Violet would know that when her hair was tied up in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes, this, the way it was now, her thoughts were filled with wheels and gears and levers and other necessary things for inventions. At this particular moment, she was thinking of how she could improve the engine of that fickle fairy so it wouldn't belch smoke into the gray sky. Well, that was very kind of you, said Klaus, the middle Baudelaire child, smiling at Mr. Poe and thinking that if he had ever one lick of peppermint, his tongue would swell up and he would would scarcely, oh, dogs, Jimmy Christmas, and he would scarcely be able to speak. Klaus took his glasses off and wished that Mr. Poe had bought him a book or a newspaper instead. Klaus was a vibe voracious reader and when he had learned about his allergy at his birthday party when he was eight he had immediately read all his parents books about allergies even four years later he could recite the chemical formulas that cause his tongue to swell up toy sunny shrieked the youngest baudelaire and was only an infant and like many infants she spoke in mostly words that were tricky to understand by toy she probably meant I have never eaten a peppermint because I suspect that I, like my siblings, am allergic to them. But it was hard to tell. She may also have mentioned, have meant, I wish I could have a bite of peppermint because I like to bite things with my four sharp teeth. But I don't want to risk an allergic reaction. You can eat them on your, on your cab ride Miss, to Miss Ann Whistle's house, said Mr. Poe, coughing into his white handkerchief. Mr. Poe always seemed to have a cold, but the Baudelaire orphans were accustomed to receiving information from him in between bouts of hacking and wheezing. She apologizes for not meeting you at the dock. She says she's frightened of it. Why would she be frightened of a dock? Klaus asked, looking around the wooden pier at the sailboats. Well, she's frightened of anything to do with Lake Lacrimose, Mr. Poe said, but she didn't say why. Perhaps it has to do with her husband's death. Your Aunt Josephine, she's not really your aunt, of course. She's your second cousin's sister-in-law, but uh, but ask that you call her Aunt Josephine. Your Aunt Josephine lost her husband recently, and it may be possible that he drowned or died in a boat accident. It didn't seem polite to ask now because she became a dewagger. I don't know what dewagger means. Probably a, a, somebody who lost their husband. Well, let's put you in a taxi. What does that word mean? Violet asked. Mr. Poe looked at Violet and raised his eyebrow. Well, I'm surprised at you, Violet, he said. A girl of your age should know what a taxi car is, which will drive you to some place for a fee. Now, let's gather your luggage and walk to the to the curb. Dewagger, Klaus whispered to, his vi- to Violet. It's a fancier word for widow. Oh, thank you, she whispered back, picking up her suitcases in one hand and Sunny in the other. 
Mr. Poe was waving his handkerchief in the air to signal a taxi to stop, and in no time at all, the cab driver piled all of the Baudelaire suitcases and the trunk, and Mr. Poe piled the Baudelaire children in the back seat. I will say goodbye to you here, Mr. Poe said. The banking day has already begun, and I'm afraid if I go with you out to Aunt Josephine's, I will never get anything done. Please give her my best wishes and tell her that I will keep in touch regularly. Mr. Poe paused for a moment to cough into his handkerchief before continuing. Now, your Aunt Josephine is a bit nervous about having three children in her house, but I assured her that you three were very well behaved. Make sure you mind your manners and always, and as always, you can call or fax me at the bank if there's any sort of problem, although I don't imagine anything will go wrong this time. When Mr. Poe said this time, he looked at the children meaningfully as if it was their fault that poor Uncle Monty was dead. But the Baudelaire's were too nervous about meeting their new caretaker to say anything more to Mr. Poe except, so long. So long, Violet said, putting, putting the bag of peppermints into her pocket. So long, Klaus said, taking the last look at, at Demolka's dock. Frew, Sunny shrieked, chewing on her seatbelt buckle. So long, Mr. Poe replied, and good luck to you. I will think of the Baudelaire's as often as I can. Mr. Poe gave some money to the taxi driver and waved goodbye to the three children as the cab pulled away from the dock on to the gray cobblestone street. There was a small grocery store with barrels of limes and beets out front. There was a clothing store called Look, It Fits, which appeared to be undergoing renovations. There was a terrible-looking restaurant called The Anxious Clown with neon lights and balloons in the window. But mostly, there were many stores and shops that were closed up with boards and metal gratings over the windows and doors. This town doesn't seem very crowded, Klaus rem remarked. I was hoping that we might make some new friends here. Well, it's the off-season, the cab driver said. He was a skinny man with a skinny cigarette hanging out of his mouth as he talked to the children. He looked at them through the rearview mirror. The town of Lake Lacrimose is a resort, and when the weather is nice, when the nice weather comes, it's crowded as it can be. But around now, things are things here are dead as a cat. I ran over this morning. Oh, yikes! To make new friends, you'll have to wait until the weather gets a little better. Speaking of which, Hurricane Herman is expected to arrive in town in a week or so. You better make sure you get enough food up in that house. A hurricane on the lake? Klaus asked. I thought hurricanes only occurred near the ocean. A body of water as big as Lake Lacrimose, said the driver. Can Anything can occur on it. To tell you the truth, I'm a little nervous about living on this hill. Once the storm hits, it'll be very difficult to drive all the way into town. Violet, Klaus, and Sunny looked into the window and saw that what the driver meant by all the way into town. The taxi had to turn one last corner and arrived at the scraggly top of Tall, Tall Hill, and the children could see the town far, far below them. The cobblestone road, road curling around the buildings like a tiny gray snake and the small square demulsis dock with specks of people bustling around it. And out beyond the deck was an inky blob of Lake Lake Lacrimose, a huge, dark, huge and dark, as if a monster were standing over three orphans, casting a giant shadow below them. 
for a moments for a few moments the children stared into the lake as if hypnotized by this enormous stain in the landscape the lake is so enormous klaus said and it looks so deep i can almost understand why aunt josephine is afraid of it the lady who lives up here the cab driver said is afraid of the lake well that's what we've been told said violet the cab driver shook his head and brought the cab to a halt i don't know how she can stand it then what do you mean violet asked you mean you've never been to this house no never klaus replied well we've never even met our aunt josephine before well if your aunt josephine is afraid of water said the cab driver i can't believe she lives here in this house what are you talking about klaus asked well take a look the driver answered and got out of the cab the baudelaires took a look at first the three youngsters only saw a small boxy square with peeling with a peeling white door it looked as if the house was scarcely bigger than a taxi which had taken which had taken them to it but as they piled out of the car and drew closer they saw this small square was only part of the house and that was at the top of the hill the rest of it a large pile of boxy squares all stuck together like ice cubes hung over the side attached to the hill by long metal stilts and that looked like spider legs as the three orphans peered down at their new home it seemed as if the entire house was holding on to the hill for dear life the cab the taxi driver took out their suitcases out of the trunk and set them in the front of the peeling white door and drove down the hill with a toot all a toot of his horn for a goodbye there was a soft squeak as the peeling white door opened from behind the door appeared a pale woman with her white pile hair piled high on top of her head in a bun hello she said smiling thinly i'm your aunt josephine hello said violet cautiously and stepped forward to meet her new guardian klaus stepped forward behind her and sunny crawled forward behind him all three baudelaires walked carefully as if their weight would send the house toppling down its porch the orphans couldn't help wondering how this woman who was so afraid of lake lacrimose could live at this house and it felt like it was about to fall into its depths oh peyton oh she's asleep <laughs>